With college basketball officially in full swing, I'm going to break down who is sizzling, who is struggling, and who is surprising in this episode. Stay tuned. Big, big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That is prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On, L O C K E D O N. Happy Monday and happy start to this Thanksgiving week. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And I have a lot to be thankful for this week. I have a lot to be thankful for. I'm actually going home with my family to to spend Thanksgiving with my parents. I didn't officially, officially, officially feel like a grown man until I had to purchase plane tickets for my family to go home. So it, it hit me then, even though I've been grown for a long time, but I've been single my whole life <laughs> until the last until the last year. And so now when I go home, I have to buy a ticket for my wife. And luckily, I don't have to buy one for my son. But it, it's still pretty amazing to me how fast things have changed for me over the past 18 months is now I am a father and I'm spending Thanksgiving with my family and bringing my my son to see my parents. So I'm so thankful for that. And another thing that I'm really thankful for is that college basketball is back. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that every night I have games to watch and between going to NBA games and watching college basketball games and scouting and trying to break down film, on top of being a father and a husband, my plate is extremely full, but I'm thankful for just this this life that I'm living and I'm thankful to to be able to to do this full time. So this episode is about who is sizzling, who is struggling, and who is surprising so far this season. That's very, very early in the season. I mean most teams haven't even played four games yet. But that doesn't stop me from breaking down who is off to sizzling starts. And the player that I want to start with is a guy that was in the headlines at the beginning of the season but for the wrong reasons, and it is Imani Bates. Imani Bates is a guy that he's kind of been on our radar since he was a 15-year-old sophomore in high school. He was labeled this once-in-a-generation talent who was likely a straight-to-the-NBA number one pick, and this was according to Sports Illustrated back in, like, 2019. He was often compared to Kevin Durant, and he was, like I said, labeled a can't-miss prospect over the past year. His reputation has taken a beating, and it's rightfully so in a sense. I mean, his his freshman year at Memphis, he dealt with injuries. There were some questions about why he left. The team got better when he was away from the team, and then he ran into some recent legal trouble. So his reputation has taken a major beating over the last year. One of the things that a lot of people seem to forget about Imani Bates was that he was a 17-year-old freshman at Memphis. Now, I know guys that are playing high school basketball right now that are like 17-year-old sophomores. So he was trying to make the jump, and we're in this world where people are reclassifying back to, you know, have advantages, and Bates took the gamble of 
classifying up. I mean, he really struggled as a 17-year-old freshman. And then on top of, you know, his style of play and all that, there were people wondering, like, did he make a big mistake? And then there are also people wondering, did he peak early? Was he just overhyped and too much pressure on him as a 15-year-old? Well, this summer, we all know about the, you know, the, the situation where he got into a, some, some legal troubles, but he decided to leave Memphis and transfer to Eastern Michigan for a fresh new start and to rebuild his sinking draft stock. I did an article on NBA Big Board about what should the next steps be. I interviewed different agents. I interviewed different scouts. And one of the consistent themes was he needs to go somewhere where it's just basketball and he can focus on development. Well, in his first game, this season, it was against Michigan, the University of Michigan, which is, I mean, I wouldn't call it a major rival, but you know that he wants to put on for Eastern Michigan against Michigan in Detroit. And he played like the player that we had read about back in 2019, scored 30 points, 12 of 19 shooting. He made three of six from three. And despite how you may feel about him, one thing that you have to agree on is that at 6'10", his rare blend of fluidity, ball handling, and shot creation makes him a legitimate NBA prospect. Now, it's unfair that, you know, he was labeled this, like I said, can't-miss prospect, and so much pressure was put on him at an early age. But I think so far, in the early stages of this season, he is doing everything that you wanted to see from him as far as building his draft stock up from a from an NBA draft perspective. Uh, he showed the shot making, the creativity, the range. There was a play in the Michigan game where he shot a sidestep three that looked like it was just a few steps inside of half court. He showed the one leg dirk shot. I mean, he has shown a full bag of offensive creativity. Again, he's still only 18 years old. So it seems like he's been on our, our radar and our minds forever. He's still only 18 years old. So he's still pretty young for. I mean, he's definitely young for this class, but he, he would be even considered pretty young for some of the freshmen. And in his second game, got off to somewhat of a slow start, but he finished with 20 points on 6 of 14 shooting, knocked down three of his seven attempts from three, and also added six rebounds. And right now, through three games, Imani Bates is averaging 23 points per game, five rebounds, one assist on 51-45-72 shooting splits. Now, the downside is he's averaging 2.7 turnovers for one point for one assist per game but overall I think he's done enough to help rebuild his draft stock now it's still early he's only played in three games and Eastern Michigan is 0-3 in the games that he's played but overall like I said 6'10 shot maker only 18 years old can score all over the floor I think that he has done enough to help rebuild his draft stock another player that is off to a crazy sizzling start is Jalen Wilson. Now, Jalen Wilson came into last season with some some draft buzz after a strong redshirt freshman season. And his stats ended up kind of taking a little bit of a dip because he was playing behind Ocha Akbaji and Christian Brown, who ended up being first-round picks. Now, after the season, after Kansas won the national championship, Wilson flirted with the NBA draft and he ultimately decided to return to school where he would take on a bigger role. And he's basically, Kansas is basically his team. That's what I'm trying to say. Kansas is basically his team. It is the Jalen Wilson show. And he has more than proven that he is worthy of 
being the go-to guy. I mean, through four games, he's averaging 24.5 points, nine rebounds, four assists. He's shooting 47% from the floor, 33% from three, 87% from the foul line. Now, the shooting splits aren't great, and it's, a lot of it is due to the fact that he needed 26 shots to score 25 points against Kentucky, but he led Kansas to a 69-64 victory over Duke. I'm sorry, <laughs> over Duke. I don't know why I said Kentucky. And with his scoring and his rebounding, if he can keep this up, he could possibly average 20 and 10 for the season. Now, I know it's a long shot. The Big 12 is a tough league, but 20, 10, and 4 would be really, really good numbers. Now, the big swing skill for him is the outside shooting. As a freshman, a redshirt freshman, he shot 33% from three. And at least for me, I was hoping that number would go up as a, as a sophomore. And it didn't. It went down to 26% from three. I thought that he settled for way too many threes, took too many threes to be an inefficient shooter. But this year, the number's back to, right now, it's exactly what it was as a a redshirt freshman. But I think if he can knock down open shots, I would like to see him get that percentage to around 36% from three. If he can get that percentage to around 36 or 37% from three this year, on top of the rebounding and the passing, I think he could really, really help his draft stock. Last year at the Combine, I thought he played well, but I, I do remember a, a scout saying that Jalen Wilson and Christian Brown should not have been on the same team because they had chemistry at the Combine, and Wilson was looking for Brown every single time. And I thought at the Combine, Wilson, he played well in the G League Combine, then he got to the NBA Combine. I felt like he was trying to do a little bit too much. He was forcing the issue he was getting the rebound. He was pushing it, which is nothing wrong with rebounding and running. But I felt like he was just trying to do too much. But so far this year, like I said, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists through 4 games. He's off to a great start. I would like to see him keep it up. Now, if there's one little thing I want to nitpick and add, and this is just me putting on my trainer's hat, is I would like to see him add a little bit more of a post game. And I had mentioned this to... Um, a, a parent of, of an NBA player. We was talking about Jalen last night. And I mentioned I would love to see him add a post game, like a punishing post game where he could basically abuse smaller guards on switches, where if there's a team that's switching everything, you get a small on him, you kind of clear it out, and you let him go to work because he's such a good passer that he would be able to command a double team. Now, I don't think he'll be a high-usage guy in the NBA, but that could be a little bit of a weapon that he could – add to his arsenal but that's just me kind of kind of nitpicking here and there actually you know what there's one more guy that i want to talk about that is sizzling and i've mentioned him before on different podcasts and in different articles and it is brandon miller and brandon miller is definitely definitely sizzling so far this season through four games he is lighting up his opponents for 20 points per game while shooting a blistering 50% from the floor and 51% from deep. And he's also converting 80% of his free throws. Now, can he maintain this? That is, honestly, it seems unlikely. Because, like, 58% of his shot attempts this year are from three. And he's shooting them from all over the floor. He's shooting them from deep. Now, if he can knock down half of his threes at the volume that he's attempting, he's attempting seven a game, then <laughs> there's no doubt he's going to end up being one of the top college player selected but he's off to a great start he is somewhat of a divisive prospect because there are 
scouts that coming into the season that just weren't high on him. They thought he hasn't gotten better. They used his age against him. I felt like he's 20 years old. I felt like he could shoot, but he wasn't like a knockdown shooter. But so far, 50% from the floor, 50% from three. You, you can't knock that. Of course, you want to see if he can if he can maintain it. And I think there are some people that want to see if he can just show a little bit more versatility as far as attacking the rim a little bit more, getting to his pull-up dribble, because he has the physical tools and the skills to be able to score on three levels at, at a high level. But it seems like he just really, really loves the three ball. But I mean, I would love it too if I was shooting 50% from the floor. All right. When we return, I'll talk about a few of the players I've gotten off to struggling starts so far. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Once again, thank you for making the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. For the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, it is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, this is Raphael Barlow, and I am going over players that are sizzling, struggling, and surprising. All right. And one of the players that is really struggling to find his role and find a place so far in the early stages of this season is Chris Livingston from Kentucky. Livingston was a player that was highly touted out of high school. A lot of people thought he was a first-round pick. Me, personally, I thought that he could be a first-round pick. He has the physical attributes. He has the NBA-ready body. He has the athleticism. But I wanted to see if he added a little bit of skill on top of his natural gifts. If he could add some skill, whether it's shooting or creating off the dribble, then I, th I thought that he had a, a legitimate chance of, of being a first-round pick. And so far, he's off to a, a rough start to a season. 5.6 points per game, four rebounds, has yet to register an assist in five games. He's only playing 15 minutes per game, and yesterday against Gonzaga, he only played eight minutes. He looked his best against South Carolina State, which is a game that Kentucky won by over 40 points, where he played 17 minutes and had 13 points. But outside of that game, he hasn't cracked to double figures, and he played 19 minutes the first game, 19 the second, 12, and 8. He's had two games where he did not make a field goal. So he's off to a, a rough start, and I just wonder what is going to be his role going forward. Is there going to be a way for him to earn more minutes. And Kentucky is, is a veteran team this year. I mean, they have some older guys on the team. Sometimes, at least for me, when I think of Kentucky, I think of a team that is loaded with freshmen, loaded with, um, you know, underclassmen. But this team has, like I said, it has some veterans. And they have a few young freshmen. I mean, obviously, Casey Wallace and, and, and Livingston. You still have Damian Collins is pretty young. But I don't know where. 
Livingston finds a role on this team. Now, if he can just bring energy off the bench and play with confidence and, and just showcase his athleticism and hustle, I mean, we've seen guys that have been drafted just based off of their physical tools and energy that they bring, and NBA teams feel like, well, we can, you know, we can develop the skill later on. But I just don't know so far early in the season where Livingston is going to find a consistent role in the rotation. I mean, of course, unless an injury happens, then then he could find his way back. But it just doesn't seem like Calipari has a lot of trust in him right now. And honestly, he is not deserving to play ahead of some of the guys that are, that are playing ahead of him right now. So that will be something that I will be keeping out for. Another player that is struggling so far is Anthony Black. Anthony Black was a guy that a lot of people had as a lottery pick. And I get it. I totally get it. He has the size. He has the playmaking that NBA teams covet and like a big wing. And you have to think that the success of Dyson Daniels last year and how he rose up draft boards on draft night is a, I guess, a path for Anthony Black. Now, I I, I know. I get it. Anthony Black was not expected to put up these eye-popping numbers at Arkansas. He is a connector, and his best attribute is his size and his playmaking abilities. But his shooting numbers and the fact that he's been reluctant to shoot have been concerning. The games that I've watched, teams are sagging off on him. Some teams aren't even defending him when they try to run a ball screen. They're just going all the way under. He's been very, very reluctant to shoot. And I'm concerned about his slow release on his shot. His release is slow. It's to the point where if there's an open look, by the time he lets it go, it can turn into a contested look. Now, Arkansas is blowing guys out, but he's only shooting 33% from the floor, 25% from three, and only 66% from the foul line. But the biggest concern is that he has eight turnovers and eight assists. If, you know, your your passing and your playmaking is supposed to be your best attribute, and you have an even number of assists and turnovers against Arkansas's light schedule, that that is definitely struggle city. All right, when we return, I will discuss players that are surprising. Now, if you are a diehard NBA draft guy, then you may not be surprised by who is surprising because you may have seen this coming. But if you're a casual draft fan and you don't follow it closely, you don't eat, sleep, and breathe NBA draft, then you've probably never heard of some of the names that are on my surprising list. But before I get into that, let's talk about our title sponsor for today, and it is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. All you have to do is pick two to six players and see if they will go score more or less than their prize picks projections. You're not competing against other people, it is just you versus the projections available. And Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch, which includes Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer. They even have eSports. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Yes, it is that easy. 60 seconds or less. They have safe and fast withdrawals. And it is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. If you're a first-time user, you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. 
but that's only if you use the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. So do not forget, you have to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, last segment. And I want to talk about who is surprising. One of the biggest surprises is Trayvon Brazil. Brazil is someone that didn't play a lot at Missouri. He came off the bench, had a very minimal role. I, I, I Honestly, I did not pay much attention to him during last season. But over the summer, while I was trying to figure out guys that I thought could have an impact on this draft class and, and, and just make a big jump or have a breakout year, Brazil was one of the first names that, that came to mind. And so far, he's been one of the biggest surprises of the season. He transferred from Missouri. And like I said, he showed flashes here and there as a freshman. But right now, he is legitimately an NBA prospect. I've seen some people think that he has a chance to be a lottery pick, first-round pick. He's averaging 14 points, 10 rebounds. He's shooting 53% from the floor and 44% from three. And in the game against South Dakota State, if you haven't seen it, I don't know. You probably haven't been on the internet <laughs> the last few days he threw down one of the most vicious dunks that you ever see I mean he cocked this thing all the way back on this guy I mean he had an easy dunk but the way he cocked it back and threw it down I mean it looked personal I'm not saying that it was but it looked like how dare you think you can jump with me and I love that I love guys that that play with that type of Hard. Now he's 6'10, 212 pounds, so his body needs to fill out, and he is still a work in progress. He's still a little raw, but he oozes with talent, and he could be one of the biggest risers in the draft. He's an explosive athlete. He can block shots. He can serve as a vertical lob threat. He can space the floor. I mean, just extremely talented. Now, Arkansas has three guys that are McDonald's All Americans who, you know, received a lot of first round buzz prior to the season. Then they have Ricky Council, who was playing extremely well in his own right. I mean, I could put him on this surprising list. But Brazil has been the one for me. He's the one that stands out that I think has a skill set that should be able to translate into the NBA as a pick and pop guy, a vertical lob threat. And again, he is a really, really good athlete and he plays with energy. So I think that there is a shot that he could be a first round pick another player that is surprising is Bryce Sensenball and last year Malachi Branham surprised a lot of people and went from being like this four-star recruit to first round pick and Sensenball could follow him Sensenball like Malachi Branham was ranked outside well Branham was ranked a little bit higher but Sensenball was ranked outside of the top 50 recruits by most recruiting services and despite winning Mr. Basketball in Florida he was not super highly touted. Now, to put that into context, he did suffer a couple of knee injuries. I think he missed the season of his high school career with the knee injuries. So maybe that, along with not playing for a summer, kind of you know pushed him off the radar a little bit. But so far, he's averaging 17 points, a little under six rebounds per game, shooting 50% from the floor, 35% from three, and 75% from the foul line. And he's doing this in less than 18 minutes per game. So he's averaging like a point per minute. And at 6'6", 235, he has this unique frame and a unique game to where he has the, the ball handling and the wiggle to be able to create his own shot. And he can beat guys off the dribble. 
But then he has that bully ball. I mean, he's a 235-pound wing. So he can run through smaller, weaker defenders to get to a sweet spot. And like I said, he just has the strength to muscle weaker guys to get to wherever he wants to on the floor. Now, Ohio State's schedule has been pretty light so far. But they have San Diego State and Duke coming up. So we'll definitely see an increase in his minutes and want to see if that production will translate against two better teams. But Bryce Sensenball has someone that has surprised a lot of people, including myself. And right now, I think he's a first-round pick. But it is really early. Like, it's it's really early. <laughs> there are guys that I thought were a first-round pick at this time last year that ended up being second-round picks. All right, the last guy that I want to talk about is Taylor Hendricks. So I came across Taylor while watching the Florida State game last week. There's there's a guy that I know that plays for Florida State. I've done some video work for him. And, you know, I, I was just trying to watch him play. Turned off my scouting eye and just wanted to watch watch him play a game. But then the scouting eye kicked in, and I saw a potential NBA player in Taylor Hendricks. <laughs> now, he is 6'9", 210. He's athletic. He has this game that is suited at least in my opinion, it is perfectly suited for the modern NBA. I think he can be your face-up for. He's energy. I mean, he plays with energy. He's your athletic finisher. He can be a lob threat. He's shown flashes, been able to shoot threes. He can attack the closeouts. And in this game against Florida State, he scored 15 points. He grabbed 12 rebounds, and he knocked down two threes. Now, Florida State is not good. They're winless right now. So you can say that he did it against opponent that wasn't strong but I was intrigued enough with his skill set and his upside that I I think that he's one of the top 100 prospects and I think as the season goes on this is a name that you're going to hear more about Taylor Hendricks from the University of Central Florida remember the name Taylor Hendricks from Central Florida athletic energetic ball handler face up four and what's crazy about this Taylor Hendricks story is I put it in my phone because I put all the notes in my phone and I just put the things that I like about him and then I'm on my way to a Mavs game and I receive a call from a very very respected basketball mind and he calls me and he says hey have you heard about Taylor Hendricks and I'm like man it's funny because I just watched the game last night he's like that's the name that you got to put on your draft board and I replied it is too late. I already put him on my draft board. I think that highly of him. And I think that he is not only one of the biggest surprises so far, but I think he will continue to surprise throughout the season. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for making the Locked On NBA Big Boy your first listen of the day. It was Locked On NBA Big Boy podcast. But you can check out the Locked On NBA one. Two, three. But you can also check out the NBA Big Boy newsletter and please, please check out my NBA draft guide. I worked so hard on it. I started working on it in, I want to say August. Maybe, maybe, you know, I actually started working on it in July. Hundreds and hundreds of hours were poured into watching film, taking notes, designing the, the graphic and the layout. And I would love, absolutely love your support because if you support the draft guy then you're basically supporting me as an independent draft scout which allows me to be able to travel and and just bring you a a unique con some unique content that you're not getting from any other draft guys because i'm actually in the gym but thank you so much for making this podcast your first listen now check out the locked on sports today podcast 
It is the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow signing out. See you tomorrow, and I am out.